Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Conversation hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond, and I have a special treat for y'all today. So it is the holidays. You know, this is family time. So um, everybody's kind of running around traveling, blah, 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 blah. But I have been blessed by the... um, By the the African gods. No, blessed by the Grim Reaper that Bush (laughs) fucking president, President Bush has died and my brother just so happens to be in the military because he's died. They have got him down here in Houston <laughs> doing his little funeral shit. So the blessings upon blessing that has come with the butchers <laughs> dying. I guess you could say that. But it could be the African guys. It's the African guys, though. I, I'll, take go I'll take that. I'll take that. They took a little long to get them up out of here, but I'm going to need you. <laughs> Ancestors, I need you to work a little bit harder. <laughs> wow. So, my brother is here visiting, and um, because Z and Mia, they got, I don't know what's going on with Z and Mia, they got some um, time management issues going on, so I don't know when they're going to come back, they'll have to figure it out, so for now, this is my treat for y'all, me and my brother here talking, and you know. The show must go on. As I climb from under the shade tree. What? <laughs> you feeling like a preacher? Yeah. <laughs> He's not used to being in front of a mic. That's Clearly. A fact. <laughs> Clearly. That's a fact. <laughs> so, um, I know there's a lot of transgender folks <clears throat> that listen to us, but there also could be some family members out there that um you know, may run across this podcast and I wanted to make sure that we have something on the mic for them. So this kind of this focus of this show is going to be um, being a transgender person, sibling, like trans siblings and stuff like that. So I trans want, siblings. Yeah, like trans siblings. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Having trans siblings. Just, All this 
this new All language? this vocabulary that I'm learning today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what sibling means. And you know what trans Yeah, means. but when, when you put it together, it kind of seems like... A new word. Yeah, like... Yeah, a new language. You know? We're all about new language. Yeah. all about that. Let me ask you, because, you know, when, when they ask trans folks questions about being trans, there's some basic-ass questions that they always ask. When did you know that you were trans? <laughs> How old when did you, you learn? <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you something similar. When did you tuck your penis? <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time that you tucked your penis? Um, when did you realize that um, I was different from other brothers that other people had? When did that first come to, like, when did you notice that, oh, my God, this is different? Um, Honestly, that shit was super, <laughs> it was super natural. It was like a, it was just like instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, you just know, like, anytime you go into a room or something, you can feel, like, the energy and you know. It's kind of like you know the situation before you're even in it, right? Uh And so I remember this time. So do they know the background of our, like, our whole childhood and all that other shit? I don't think so. You can talk about it. Well, so the way we grew up, okay, um, I live with my grandmother and... I would only see Diamond on what weekends and holidays and shit like that, right? Because I was in a group home, so when my 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 mother was in the midst of her addiction, and as a, a, a as a as a strategy to keep us at least remotely together, kinda, and not go into the system. Um, my mother gave my youngest brother, which is him, um, to my grandmother. I my the middle child went with his father because he was the only one who had a father that was about something. And then I purposely went into um, well, not purposely. There was a multiple situations with my grandmother and with my aunt Joe where I was pushed out and, and had no choice but to go into a group home. And I picked this particular group home because it was right next door to my mother's um, halfway house yeah. because she had went to prison. So before she went to prison, um, locked up. Yeah. <laughs> she, um, you know, she just made these decisions and then I was able to make a decision to be next to her halfway house. But she kind of didn't get her shit together when she got out the halfway house and I ended up staying in the group home. So one of the things was I would be in the group home for the week and then I would get weekend passes and I could go and stay with my grandmother. So that's when I would see my grandmother and my brother. Right. So long ass background story. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So that shit was just like super, like, I love that shit. Like seeing, seeing my brother, um, the middle brother, and seeing you, it was just like, fuck yeah. Like, because I never get to, got to see y'all. Right. And so when y'all would come down to visit, it was just, it was so personable. It was like so intimate, just us hanging out, chilling. Um, you would take me to the mall. You just do different shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we never interacted together with other people around. If that makes sense, it was like just you and me, and it was like nobody else in the world. Yeah, I didn't really notice. I, 
it's, I didn't think about it like that. Now that you're telling me, I'm like, yeah, most of the time because I was, I was. It was I, just like long walks yeah. and just, hey, what's going on with you? You know, mm-hmm. we talk about music, just a bunch of just different yeah. shit, and it was just, it was just us. It was nobody else, and so this particular time, I believe it was like uh, some type of, I think it was Fourth of July or some shit, mm-hmm. and you came. And I knew you were like different, but I didn't know what different meant to the world, if that makes sense. Mm. So you would wear, I, I would see the clothes you would wear, the fucking silk, <laughs> half, <laughs> half shirts and shit. And I knew regular boys weren't wearing that shit. And so I would like, I knew something was up, you know, so. What give give us an age range? Because like, this sounds like I want to say you uh, fifteen. Um, yeah, yeah, like fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. So this we're about nine years apart. Yes. So you were about five. No, no, no. You were about six, six, yeah. seven, six, seven ish. Yes. So just to kind of give you some background of where I was with my transness, I started to identify with being trans at like. 12 13 years old but between 12 and like 14 15 i was i was easing it up on people like i was um instead of getting my nails done in just a regular you know color or um blah 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 i would get french tips it was something more neutral makeup was just no kind of shadows just makeup and um no lipstick, just gloss and blah, 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 blah. It was like slowly but surely my clothes were getting tighter. Everything was getting feminine. I was, I went from having like my hair to short blonde hair and let it grow out from there. And everything was just slowly getting more and more feminine. <laughs> so at this space if you were a person looking looking in on me you would think that I was kind of it was I was going for a girl look but it was definitely not passable definitely you know androgynous sometimes definitely um you know gender queer that kind of stuff so um you know when I would go to the club and I would be out with my friends it would be full on girl but when I would I would kind of tone it down for my family's sake and tone it down for school's sake and um you know I would be in school definitely girly but you know it just wasn't as I wouldn't have hair I wouldn't have like fake breasts in I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't be just full on English and uh during this time this is when I was like really kind of meeting people really um my grandma it's not that my grandmother kept me fucking like locked away it's just that i never really had you had to understand being separated from your siblings i had the the greatest fucking imagination in the world i could have been the guy that just died (laughs) who made all the fucking comic book yeah i could have been him and so and then grandma wasn't the very wasn't really social herself she wasn't very light but she made sure i she made sure i had like 
Nickelodeon and well, shit. Yeah. And she fucking get drunk and go in her room. And it was me. Yeah. yeah. I fucking had all my, my toys and shit. And I just had the biggest imagination. I would go outside on my own. And like back then, you could send your kids to the store at three years old. Go buy me a fucking pack of. Da, da, da. It wasn't supposed to, but she did. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was that. So I was just. I don't know. I stayed in for most of the time. Or I stayed to myself. But now I'm in school now, and I'm meeting people. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like playing with other kids and shit. Because wasn't there some kids that lived across the street? They they lived upstairs. Oh, okay. And yeah, my homeboy lived across the street. We're still friends to this day too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, so I'm playing. It wasn't like I was like a socially awkward. It's just I ain't fuck with people. <laughs> I don't know. And so I was finally like playing with kids or whatever, and. We did this big fucking 4th of July barbecue because these apartments that we lived in, we all shared the same garden. And so everybody's families was out there and we were barbecuing and shit like that. It was just me and my grandmother and she had a boyfriend that lived uh, a couple apartments down. And uh, this lady lived upstairs. Her grandchildren would come over and I would play with them. And this particular 4th of July you came and you had some fucking brandy braids in your hair. The little uh the bob. Yeah, the I bob braids. Yeah. Exactly those. You, you had those in your head. And so I said, I'm like, yo, you know, I'm playing with you and shit and we chilling. We doing our own little thing and I'm not really realizing that like me coming in the room changed the atmosphere. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. So I'm like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Happy to see you. And um, something happened where either you like walked off to do something or whatever. And, <laughs> and I looked at their face or whatever. And it was like, it was kind of like a, huh? And I was like. Your friends. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. It was like a hunt. Because they seen the braids. Uh-huh. And it was like, it's kind of like a hunt. And I was just like, just like off the top of my fucking head, I was like, my brother braids tight, ain't it? Them <laughs> shit's fire. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? To like kind of distract the situation. And it was that right then. I was like, yo, something is up here. Because... Mm. You get what I mean? Like but that's a different reaction. That's kind of a beautiful reaction, though. Like I, I I've never heard this story. Mm-hmm. So you were trying, you were using a compliment of my braids exactly. to diffuse the to situation. Diffuse the situation at six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. epic. That's not something to roll over. That's but that's when I fucking realized I was like, yo, it's different because I didn't, different. I didn't. Shit didn't hit me like that. Like I, like I said, I never interacted with the world with you and then that was before that was when it was just me and grandma we really didn't fuck with the rest of the family so we didn't hear i didn't hear all the other type of chatter shit right so this was the first time it was like oh this is something right something right right that makes sense and it, it was just like off the just instinct to fucking to do that for me to just be like oh my brother brad's firing it and they were like yeah, and then we just start playing. It was like, <laughs> yeah, they are anyway, and that's kind of the beauty of children. 
<laughs> you can kind of guide them somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's good that you was mature enough to think like that. No, fucking no. It or just, just <laughs> it's just instincts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but um, that was the first time that you noticed. And how did? And once you noticed it, how did things evolve from there? Shit was still super regular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't even think of uh, another situation until until I was. Shit, until I really, really got older because it was just, excuse me, we were just that much separate. We were together a lot, but we were separated a fuck ton. So when we seen each other, it was on some link up family type shit. Nobody else. Loving on each other. Yeah, it was no other type bullshit. And then when late elementary, middle school, Mm -hmm. like fifth grade or something something like that and that's that's when that's when the other the bullshit came along like in mississippi yeah like having to fight motherfuckers and Mm -hmm. having that's when like the picking started right i remember let me talk about kind of my experience in regards to that so rakim was a baby that was born out of a love of two young people Okay, and for me, his father and my mother was the first relationship that I, as my mother's firstborn child, the relationship between his father and my mother was beautiful. His father was different from any other um, dudes that my mama had been with. Um, there was some problematic shit about him, but as far as his personality, Robert was like funny as fuck. Like Robert, just his not like he. I really think that he should have been a comedian. Um, Definitely. Like he really should have been a comedian if if he hadn't got caught up in the drugs. He really like if he could have honed that craft because he naturally is funny. He naturally wants to make you laugh, and he does it intentionally. So about so for him, he just was a different kind of. Um, male figure in my life prior to him I had no connection to my mother's boyfriends like no kind of emotional connection but I think it's because of the age my mother had me when she was 16 17 and Robert was five years younger than her so that makes him 10 years older than me so when Robert was 20 I was 10 and my mother was 25 So it's almost think about a 10 year old having a 20 year old brother. So he was different because my mother's previous boyfriends were 10. Well, boyfriend, Tony, my younger, my the middle child's father. He was 10 years older than my mother and he was abusive as fuck. I remember a time when he would put bags over my mother's head and beat her in front of me. Like, really abusive as fuck. So, my emotional memory of him is nothing but negativity. But Robert was really, really different. He liked similar things to me. He loved video games. He liked almost similar to kids stuff, bikes, and just he just was a different kind of dude. So, we had a different kind of emotional connection. I had a different love for him. I just really loved Robert. So this was a time in my life where my mother was with somebody that she really loved, that I really liked, and they had a baby. My brother, but before Rakim, and I hate that somebody might listen to this. Not, No, I don't, but my brother before Rakim, it's not that I didn't love him, 
But my brother before Rakim was a baby from a man who was abusive as fuck to my mother. So not only was this the second born child, I was the first born for a very, very long time. And my mother spoiled me. And but humbled me as well. So it was just a this was a baby that came second. And you know how that tension is. But I was I was he came in when I was like six and seven. So this was the time that I was going in meeting friends and had people that was showing me attention. So I didn't have a jealousy towards him because I was already trying to get away from my mother. My mother was really, really protective and. Like 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 she's talked about during my interview with her, like she wouldn't even let me go to fucking school by myself. Like, don't walk down the street with me. Nobody's mama walked down the street with them. Mm-hmm. So my mother was over <laughs> overly protective, and it was really annoying. So at the by the time little Tony, which is the middle child, came, I was already like, oh my god, show him attention, leave me alone, let yeah. me go and run the streets. Mm-hmm. So it, there wasn't a jealousy there, but he did come from a man who I did not like. And so there was a level of um, this baby being the link to him mm-hmm. that my mother would always have. So there was always psychologically, a ten- psychologically, yeah, psychologically. And so you just was a different kind of baby. So because when you came, we all loved on you. You was like a little. Um, you just was a little, just a little bundle of joy. You just, you was a. Uh, happy little baby so we all had our different relationship with you so during that mm-hmm. time when mom had went to prison um, and you know when it comes to like colorism stuff like mama taught me about colorism stuff early on yeah that shit and so I felt it was my job to make you feel handsome I felt it was my job to make you feel special yeah. amongst all the bullshit that was going on so me coming into me coming to get you was, and then I knew what was going on with the world with me. Yeah. So, and I knew that eventually something would, somebody would try to turn you against me because of what I was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to have a really, really strong foundation of who I was before that happened. So I would come get you, take you, take you to places and teach you and educate you. I, I taught every single one of my brothers how to read. I taught every single one how to write their name and their letters and their alphabet early on. I was the person who was doing that. So that I just wanted to have some type of foundation before the world turned you guys against me, which I knew what would happen. So that's why those moments and you, and you knew how grandma felt about me. She wasn't a fan of what I was going through <laughs> I at didn't all. Know that. Well, you, well, you didn't at the time, but <laughs> as we got older, we know yeah. that that wasn't something that she yeah. really cut for. And so because I felt it and knew it from her, I had to take you away from that situation. So that's why I would come get you and we would leave. It wouldn't be I'm staying I'm hanging out at the, crib. at the crib with grandma and you. Yeah. We would leave and we would go out so I can have some time alone with you. And we go to the movies. We go shopping. We go hang out. We just go do fun stuff. Right. And so that was my mindset about that. Um, and then fast forward to Mississippi. It was so, it was select group of people who who knew about what was going on um who knew about you know <clears throat> what you were what you have going on and because at that time I had got a little bit more passable 
Right, right, right. Right. I was a little bit more um, where if you didn't know, you really could just think I was just a regular girl. Right. Right. So it was it was a couple people who knew f- for whatever reason um, Mississippi. <laughs> Shout out to them, but fucking everybody knows everybody. You know? Yeah, it's, it was it's Walnut Grove. It's a small town. Small ass town. Um, we got a bunch of our family members there who knew what my mother had when she first had a baby. Yeah. So people t- and it probably was some family. Yeah. Fucking talking shit and kids pick up on it. And now I'm in a situation where it's brought up brought up at school mm-hmm. and <laughs> just was I ain't know how to deal with that shit. Like I didn't know how to I don't know, man. I, I I've always been the type of person where people could say a lot of shit. People could say a lot of shit to me and they could get away with it. Like, you could say whatever the fuck you wanted to say about me. But when it came to uh, my family, words hurt when it came to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, shit didn't push me over the edge about me. It, you wasn't going to put your fucking hands on me. But right. you could say whatever you wanted to say and either I roast you back or it just was whatever. I didn't care. But when it came to people that I cared about, that shit went under every layer of armor that I had. Mm. And I just, I didn't know how to, it was weird. It was, it was just a a point in my life where, you know, I'm fucking, I'm figuring myself out as well. I'm young. Yeah. This is like 10, 10, 11. I'm figuring myself out and I'm I feel like I got a pretty good, you know, idea of what I got going on, but when it comes to this certain subject, I can't control myself. I want to fight. Mm. I want to fight you. Uh you're not going to say anything bad about, you know, my sister, brother, um whatever. We were kind of juggling it back then. I wasn't <laughs> juggling it. <laughs> I wasn't juggling it, but y'all were going through transition as well. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to never, because understand people, my family is crazy as fuck. Like everybody <laughs> likes to fight. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has bad attitudes. Everybody can just flame your ass on the spot. That's why I learned it from. But I had one of those families where if you said anything happened, what? Who said what? Who did whatever? The f- we going up there. And it was, we just had one of those type of families. So whenever I had issues, I would never like bring it home because I was like, oh shit, this shit about to blow up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until until I'm getting in trouble for fights or I'm getting in trouble for this and that. That's when it's like, okay, what the fuck is happening? Because we know you just don't fight. You know, we know you don't just start a, you know. And so it was just, it was just super hard to to deal with. And so instead of going that route it was a it was a small period where I kind of didn't want nobody to know about it. And that only got me so that only got me so far. I believe it it hurt me more than it uh helped me in the long run. Mhm. And I say that because um, middle school time frame, right? Instead of, like, now as an adult, I can say, man, it would have been so much easier 
if I'd been like, have a transsexual sister. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. The fuck is up? But, but that that kind of standing your truth comes with time and maturity. That just you, I, I can't even do. I I don't think I could have done that in middle school. I wasn't even ready to do it with my own identity in middle school. Mm-hmm. That comes with. But it's not. But it's different. It's different though. It's different because it's kind of more shameful when it's me because this ain't even me. This not even my fucking, uh, mm-hmm. this ain't even my situation I got going on. This is just my sibling. Right. And so th- for me, that is what I had to, I don't want to say come to terms with it. It wasn't, this was the first incident where my transness was affecting somebody's life that I care about. And this wasn't even their thing. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't experienced mm-hmm. this yet. So at the time when you were like 10 and 11, things that I would always say, like when people would talk shit, that I was like, motherfucker, this is my life. Like, it's not affecting any of you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it, this is my life. Like, what I do with my body, with surgeries, with dressing and how I dress and what I did, this is me. Why are you worried about me? This doesn't affect you at all. And then this happens and it and it and it's a revelation of, this does kind of affect somebody. I was like eight, 19. Mm-hmm. And so at 19 years old, I'm learning me. I'm, I'm not learning. I know what I am, but I'm in the process of figuring out how I'm going to, what I'm going to do with my life. Like now that I'm getting older, blah, 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 blah. And so I had to realize. And when that came to me, when it when I realized that it was, this was affecting you and this wasn't even your situation. Mm-hmm. It pissed me off. But at the same time, what I'm about to go to do, beat up some 10, teenagers, um, some 10 year olds. I'm 19 and need to bring, go beat up some 10 year olds. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I, I can't do anything about this. And I, it hurt me because I didn't want you to be going through stuff. But I couldn't. But at the same time, it's like I couldn't not be me for the comfort of some 10 year olds. Right. Even if that 10 year old is you. Understood. It's like it's like I was like I felt bad at the same time, but I'm like God, this is who I am. Like this is I don't want you to be getting bullied or picked on in school, but this is kind of that's it's some shit you gotta you gotta learn. Like mm-hmm. this is you gotta learn how to say fuck these motherfuckers. But I didn't. To me, that that was so unfair to me at mm-hmm. the time. It was like why the fuck I gotta deal with it? Mm-hmm. Why? Right. It, it's 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 not and it was it is unfair you get what i'm saying so i was like it was just a it was just a terrible it was a terrible space uh, mm-hmm. to be in but i didn't look at you any different or i didn't fucking i didn't did I treat you any different there was some no you didn't treat me any different but I think it's because of the relationship we had growing up. Mm-hmm. But there was, there was, I could tell that there was a tension there. Were, there. Where, <clears throat> well, there, there would be times where I would, uh, when I would be in front of people, uh, I would be like D or uh, that's the only one I could think of. I'd be mm-hmm. like D. And you'd be like, my name ain't D. My name Diamond. Like you, you normally call me Diamond. Why are you calling me D right now? 
Mm-hmm. And it, you get what I'm saying? It would yeah. be times where I would just kind of like slick, try to, try to slick flip it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? To just try to to try to make it more comfortable for the people that I was around. Gotcha. Um, are you t- are you talking about family or even regular people? No, nah, just like my friends and okay. shit. Um, that makes sense. Not family, but those are those are the 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 small times where I could I could honestly say that kind of kind of a different treatment yeah if, right. if i'm if i'm constantly if i'm calling you diamond and then people come around and i'm like yo d mm-hmm. can i get the cd player was it you know yeah and so and see i wouldn't notice that because sometimes my family and my friends my not my family but my friends would um would call me would call me d like that that's not an abnormal like Deja calls me D and so somebody that's in my yeah. in my circle calling me D, I probably didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. But I'm that's something interesting. Oh my god, I wanna thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know. I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. What ended up happening once we left Mississippi? Um, my mom went to prison again for the second. This is the second Locked time. <laughs> the second time. <laughs> and this particular time, I um, I end up getting custody of Rakim. It was one of the first times that I learned that my mom had an issue with me through Rakim. Um, but we end up moving to um, back home to, to Indianapolis because I knew I could survive there because I, I didn't know that much about Mississippi at the time. Indianapolis was my home. So if I had a child, I would I'd feel like I would know how to survive in Indianapolis. So, and that's where I went back to Indianapolis. And so at that point, um, I'm real, not grown, grown, but I'm like 22, 23. And... I have a plan with my life. I know I'm firm in my womanhood. I'm firm in the goals that I need to achieve and blah, 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 blah. And Rakim is just (coughs) on board. So I wasn't even thinking about anything in regards to Ashbury as far as um, I was really in my stealth mode at that time. I didn't want people to know then. And that that went that trickled down to me, though. Right. And so, <clears throat> so to set the scene, so, cause we're mm-hmm. gonna fucking, we're gonna get all the way into it. Mm-hmm. So to set the scene, my mother had a period where 
we knew she was going back to jail. Mm-hmm. She was probably out on bond or bail, yeah. however that works. Uh, we knew she was going back to jail, and we were trying to figure out the living situation for me. Right. Right. And so you and I had already had a conversation because mm-hmm. we would always talk. Right. And you'd say, hey, if you want. Because I was in college. I right, didn't really right, have right. a. I was living in a dorm. I said, if you want. You could. I'll come to Indiana. You can live with me and we'll just figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bet. Cool. How dope would that be? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Then there's almost, there's always my grandmother. My grandmother was up there, um, Aunt Joe. Just a bunch of just a bunch of names, you know, being thrown out. And we're just trying to figure it all out or whatever. I guess I I guess my grandmother was like just the person by default because she always you, you had been lived with her right yeah. was always by default. And so we were discussing some shit. We were we were at uh, Aunt Linda house. This mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Aunt Linda. Uh, and we were just talking about it, talking about it, and whatever. And it's just being discussed, and people are talking about. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm running in and out. This is like grown people talking. I, don't, I ain't dealing with this shit. Yeah. This <laughs> I'm a kid. I'm trying to play and do other shit. And like, Mama calls me in there, and like, we just kind of like all discussing it, kind of as a family. But it's not as a family. It's like a as a I don't know. You know how you you got your immediate family. You got some family over here, but they ain't really just your close right. family. Like you, know you just saying? extra motherfuckers. Y'all are family. We love y'all or whatever. But y'all for y'all for us to be having this conversation in, in front, front of, of y'all was, was kind of weird. Yes. And we were we were talking, and it was like, oh, where you want to go? And blah blah blah. blah. And um, she's like, you going back with mama or, you know, what you going to do? Because she's drunk or whatever. Rakim, what you going to do? They having a serious conversation, but they all drunk and alcoholic. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you going back with mama or what? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't, I don't really care or whatever. But I was like, um, I really want to live with Diamond, to be honest. And uh, if that don't work out, then, you know, I can stay with grandma. And mom was like, what? And like, you could just hit, like, just when I said that, like, the room just went into some, like, chaotic type shit. Like, people couldn't even believe that I would, you know, that I said that. Mm-hmm. And mom was like, which is so strange. Why, why you, why you wanna, um, she didn't even say diamond. She was like, uh, do they know nah. your <laughs> government? So she was like, why you wanna go with government? Right. <laughs> Um, well, it's not my government now, but birth, oh, true, dead name, yeah, true. <laughs> former dead government, name. <laughs> dead name. Why, why you want to go with uh, with uh, dead name? Um, he's a fucking fag. Da, 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 like just drunk, like going off on me because I said that, and I'm just like, wow. And if I was here, this would have been a wild moment for me. The reason why is because mama had done her best to that point. Never to give me this kind of personality. Right. That's why I'm like, 
what is happening right now? Yes, because she never gave me where she didn't accept me or there was an anger behind it. Right. So hearing this moment was like a shocker to me. Right. Me too. What? But uh, hindsight is 2020. And so looking back, what I know now is what I was seeing is the battle between what my mother wanted to be and what my mother was. My mother was a homophobic. That's what she was. But what she wanted to be was an unconditional loving mother. And my transness was something that put that dream of being this unconditional loving mother to the test. You either going to be this person that you say you want to be or you're going to be the homophobic that you've been, that you were taught to be from a young age. And me being who I am, put that to the test. And this was one of the times where the battle was being won by the homophobic. So she was sharing the alcohol. I don't know if it was alcohol. I don't know what it is. But she was sharing her inner homophobic feelings, which was opposite of what she had shown me in our personal life. She had shown me that she was un- uh, un- wanted to be an unconditional loving mother. And so that's why I never seen this side of her. That's why it would have been a shocker. It would have been strange for me to see. The, the fact that it's not even a cool thing for me for me it was like why isn't this a cool thing to do (laughs) (laughs) i'm a kid my older sibling is like let's live together i'm like hell yeah i'm gonna get all the games i'm gonna get all the shoes i know it's gonna be and so and and not just that no no this is how Mm -hmm. this is how i'm thinking but for her to for her to fucking just come after me like that because I because I said that it was it was just like wow like what the fuck is happening right now right and it was it was just a, that was a that was a dark that was a dark moment for me that's one of those moments for me in life that I always get that warming feeling in my chest when I talk about it or when I think about it. And I was like, what the, f-? it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> where, where would this ever, where did this ever come from? Or like, I've never heard you speak like this. And at the end of the day, this is your child at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, for you to say that. And that was, that was really, I don't know, man, I, I felt low as a person. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it I, hurt I me know. when I heard it because I just, it I did, not just on the scene, it's all the things you just said, but also out of the options that she said at the time, out of the options that I knew were on the table. Yeah. So it was me. I was 22. It was Aunt Joe. It was Grandma. As much as people want to talk about, as much as they want to put Aunt Joe on the table, that really wasn't an ideal option. Like that's they really didn't want to do that. Because if they did, it would have just happened. And at the time my grandmother was starting her drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of all the options, I was the most healthiest situation. <laughs> I was financially responsible. I had been on my own years before that. I was not on any drugs. I I didn't have any criminal background. Still don't. Well, that 
incident with Eric. <laughs> but still don't at this time. So out of all the options, I was the most responsible. So hearing this, like this is the most disgusting option or the most that's, detrimental that's option. That's what it was that it was just, it was kind of like a disgusting. Yeah, like a disgust. Yeah, like what? How did in my mind I was like, how dare you, motherfuckers? Yeah, it just was crazy. So yeah, by the time we got to as to Asbury, like you were saying, wait, 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 wait. Let me make sure they're following the story. So at Asbury, when we say Asbury, we're talking about back in Indianapolis. So I end up moving to Asbury because, um. They end up forcing my brother to choose my grandmother. But like I just said, she was she had her own crack addiction. She was on drugs. So I stayed in school instead of dropping out to take care of my brother. I stayed in school. I went back for Christmas break in Indianapolis, Indiana, and my brother did not have a winter coat and they had been getting money, snap money and um, food stamp money for him and I'm like why doesn't he have a fucking coat in the middle of winter time so I'm looking around the house he got holy ass socks no coat in the middle of winter time y'all got me fucked up y'all are not taking care of my brother like y'all said y'all did while my mother was like y'all said y'all was gonna do while my mother was in prison so this is not cool to me and y'all forced him and then he tells me that they forced him to pick her because he wanted to stay with me and I was fine because I didn't want it because I really didn't want to drop out of college at the time um but y'all tell me y'all forced him to choose this option and this option is not right so I wrote a letter to my mother while she was in prison and said these motherfuckers is not doing what they're supposed to do you're in prison there you need to sign custody over to me Sign guardianship over to me. Let me take my brother. I will get out of school. Boom, boom, boom. That's exactly what happened. We were staying with my grandmother. I was there for break. But once I got that letter notarized and mailed to me, my grandmother, I went to the welfare office and stopped that shit. My grandmother was pissed as fuck and put me and Rakim out before I could find a place to stay. (laughs) And we was out cold in the middle of winter snow ground in Indiana. So, long story short, I end up moving in with an aunt of ours um, aunt through marriage. And um, I hadn't seen her in fucking since 88. I hadn't seen her in years. I explained to her the situation. She let us stay with them. At the time, I was working for Hewler Packard. And they fired me because I was trans. Long story short, that's the reason. Um, people were having problems with me. Um And the guy told me directly out of his mouth that I know that you are not causing the problem, but because this you are the core of all the problems with all these many people, the easiest thing for me to do is to get rid of you. Even though everybody is telling him, even the people who have caused me problems that they kind of they were the culprits. He chose to get rid of me instead of getting rid of the five, four and five people who were causing me problems. So I got fired because I was trans. That's how I got into escorting. And I ended up finding a place, a house for it. It was so cheap for me and my brother to live in. But at the same time that I found the house, I lost my job because I was transgender. And that's what got me into escorting. And that's what happened. So when we talk about Asbury, this we're in Indianapolis at the time. 
I had a cousin that worked at the job. I was super stealth, super passable, but she told my tea and it got out to everybody. At this time, I was under the philosophy that like old school trans philosophy, you keep your tea to yourself. Don't talk to nobody. Don't deal with nobody and just go to work and come home. Don't deal with anybody. And so that was my philosophy. But because my a cousin in, in my family worked at this job, she told my tea and it just spread into this whole big old mess and they fired me. So that's just kind of how it was. My philosophy was to keep my shit on the low. It was to keep my business on the low and not tell people. And I'm kind of like that at work now, but just, just a little different. You kind of was under your, you know, like below the radar with it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was just following suit. Mm-hmm. Like, the more, the less people, <laughs> the less people know about it, the better life is for me. That's Absolutely. how. That's Same what I thought. thing I felt. We were in cahoots in regards to that. But whatever happened, I don't know what. I don't know what happened, but for some reason, the suspicion was just. It just became a suspicious type of situation where the whole neighborhood just became detectives and they were like, like looking for any little thing to try to see were you man or were you woman. Mm. And because it wasn't a for would, sure thing. It just was a maybe, maybe it would not. just be it would just be bullshit that and it would nobody would ever ask me directly. Mm hmm. But it would be little bullshit. Like, we'll be hooping and, like, you'll come out to the car. I remember we had that, that little fucking uh, the little station wagon, whatever. You came out to the car mm-hmm. and they'd say shit like, Damn, your sister is tall. <laughs> I'd be like, Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that'd be end of discussion. <laughs> yep. Tall as mm-hmm. motherfucker. Ball up. but that would be it would just be every you you could tell like you could tell that everybody Mm. would be Mm. just whatever trying to clock trying to yeah yeah but not really like hmm this is just a strange situation right 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 and Mm -hmm. then we were we were the only black people on the block we were uh-huh. to nobody ever came to our fucking house no i was friends with everybody on the block but nobody ever came to my house what's come over nah <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> and diamond would be like nope yeah <laughs> so <laughs> don't um, come over. i would be at everybody else's house then never bring anybody home yeah there i didn't have any trouble because uh, so i i went to a magnet school so i went to a school way on the other fucking side of the city mm-hmm. and they would just send a bus to come get addict. me yeah yeah so nobody nobody even knew about right anything we that had i had some going is- on in issues in right in the beginning not really issues but um oh i, I don't remember you coming i, I remember you because you, com- you never saw me it it, it was an issue with uh, my custody of you and i had to come oh, to school so okay. my part my point I never wanted to come to the school. Yeah. Just in case there was questions that I just come sign the papers when you first signed in. Yeah. And long as you didn't get in trouble, I didn't have to come to the school. Right. Right. And so, um, but there was something that happened and I needed to come to the school, but luckily it wasn't 
it never turned into anything. No, nah, I never had any trouble uh, at the school. It was yeah. it was just right. uh, um, in the neighborhood, and so you have to. By this time, I'm uh, twelve, thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen. So I'm growing up, and at this point in my life, I just I I, I had a uh, had a lot of pressure on me to be to be something like just kind of like a a perfect person from who from everybody cuz so to put it in perspective mother's alcoholic mm-hmm. in and out of prison um battling drug addiction dad battling drug addiction in and out of prison grandmother alcoholic battling drug addiction then now i'm living with you now and i'm dealing with the transgender stuff is nobody's accepting it either on the family side or not i'm not gonna say nobody's accepting it but outside of me and mother it there wasn't really a clear cut okay cool type of thing it was it was always some bullshit being said whenever we went anywhere um and i want y'all to think about the context of that like i'm literally dropping out of school to take care of my brother and everybody else around me when he's around them is saying negative shit about me like i don't have an addiction I don't have I'm not like I'm literally not doing anything like they are doing like they are doing <laughs> but because of because of the lifestyle you choose right that's still that's still a negative a negative right right to so them. now and right. that and it's something that you have to live I don't want to say live up to but <laughs> kind of be the counter against right it was but not not saying that, but what I'm saying is it was like, yo, I got so much fucking shit around me that I don't even fucking know what to do with myself. That's why. And so that's why to this day, I've never fucking uh, never like smoked weed or smoked cigarettes or never like drank and shit like that. It wasn't because I thought it was like fucking lame or because that's just not what I'm into. Or it wasn't because of that. It was because. I knew that I could not be this. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. And so, and I know you you tell me all the fucking time, like, you <laughs> you ain't about to be nothing. Your ass going to be who you are. Don't look at what we're doing. Do what you... But mm-hmm. I, I was at a point in my life where I was like, yo, Every fucking thing around me is seen as negative. Mm-hmm. And then I was a, a growing teen. Mm-hmm. It just it was just so so much as far as um just trying to find who the fuck I was, be something, be this perfect <laughs> be this perfect uh little boy. Um you are in you are in parent mode now more than sibling mode sibling mode so, so that's changing so that's fucking me well. up right that's fucking that i'm like yo what the fuck cuz it it would be conversations that we would we would have um as sister and brother mm-hmm. 
that we still having those same conversation, but it's more so like it's weird. It's like it's like talking to my mom or something, right? And so the shit that we would normally talk about as far as cause I would I would fucking ask you questions about fucking um like being gay or being transgender just to understand like what what was up with it. But now since I have I have everybody saying that like it's negative, right? Mm-hmm. Along with the other shit, like my mom, my dad, my grandmother, all this negative shit, right? Now it's like mm, normally it's some shit that I probably would talk to you about, but now it's like now you're in parent mode. It's like, damn, I don't really want to have that conversation because I I don't want it to be a let me teach you something type of shit instead of let's have a conversation. Mm. That makes sense. Type of shit. So, how did you think about the hoeing at that time? The what? The prostitution. I didn't think about that shit. <laughs> I didn't. That's what I want. That's what I, I. Since you talked about all the negative that come with mama alcoholism and her drug addiction, I didn't I know. Wanted to know. I didn't know. Because at the time I was an escort, and for me to take care of my brothers and myself, I had to hoe. That's just what it was. I because they wouldn't hire me. Yo, I didn't I like I didn't think about that shit. I was a I was I'm still a kid. I know I'm super intelligent and I'm I had to grow up faster than a lot of kids just mm-hmm. because of the way we were fucking living, right. right? But at the same time there's still shit that I was naive to. I didn't I didn't even think about that shit. The only time that it hit me that yo this shit is crazy is like we actually when we went through like a sting we got busted when i got busted the first time i ever got busted (laughs) it was the first and only time that i ever got busted and rakim wasn't in the house Mm -mm. so i was turning a trick and this we like we had eviction notices i had um we didn't have eviction. Now, what it was is at the we it was not eviction. I'm not eviction. It was my lights. I needed my light bill paid that particular time. And this particular time, it just was slow as fuck. And so somebody had came and they had gave me the money. And I had these rules that you're supposed to follow to not get busted by police. And because I needed the money and he was asking me all these strange ass questions, I was I was kind of just trying to get him to calm down and I broke my rules. Mm-hmm. And and he had done some things that tricked me, like thick shit that I didn't believe. Like I thought I thought that they couldn't touch you. I thought that they couldn't do certain things. Like people said, oh, cops is not gonna touch you. He had sucked on my titties. He had done things, touched my piece that that I didn't think cops would do. Mm-hmm. And so because he touched my piece and sucked on my titties. I was like, okay, maybe this ain't no cop. And so I kind of broke my rules and was like, okay, yeah, you'll get this for the money. (laughs) (laughs) So once I was like, so once I was like, once I was like, okay, shit, well, I said some things I wasn't supposed to say. And I was like, cool. I said, lay down. And we started doing our thing. And next thing I know, boom, 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 boom. I hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, shit, well, good. Rakim ain't here. But I I had just came home. Right. Matter of fact, did I open the door? 
Or did you open the door? I opened the door because it was locked. But I came they, from the back. You came, came from, from the, the back and they saw you and grabbed you or had guns on you or something. And I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, I live here. <laughs> like, I live here. Like, and you literally could have like, got shot or something. It was like, In this day and time, right, shit. Right. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And, like, we, like, hashing everything out. Like, okay, this is the what's call it. And I'm like. What? Yeah, sting. <laughs> what? I, I just, I kept, yeah. Remember, I kept saying the same thing. I was like, "What?" Yeah, and so they came what? in when the police knocked on the door, and I opened the door. The cop from upstairs, the client, quote unquote, comes down, and then the dude, um, the cops come in the door with Rakim. So in my mind, I'm super embarrassed, and I'm wary because. There was a, a there was a there was a there was a point I had to prove with Rock not to Rakim but with Rakim and because so many people didn't want me to have him because of the disgust. You couldn't make no mistakes. I couldn't make any mistakes, so I was struggling to keep a roof over his head, struggling to keep food and keep. I was really struggling, so I this escort thing was allowing me to prove people wrong i can take care of my brother you motherfuckers wanted thought it was disgusting y'all had all this shit to say about me taking care of my brother but i'm gonna make it work so i thought that this mistake that i made was going to turn into i'm about to lose my brother it's going to embarrass me it's going to be it's gonna just blow up into this big old thing they gonna cps is gonna come and take them and it just was gonna be crazy luckily for me um, Indianapolis, they don't send you to jail for prostitution. They give you a ticket. And when and I that's went... That's what I couldn't fucking understand. That was right. so fucking... That's why I was asking them. Like, I'm... <laughs> well, how old the fuck was I? Like, 14? I'm asking mm-hmm. the police all of that for a ticket. <laughs> they were being real extra. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I'm talking about niggas had vans the whole nine yards. And I'm like, what? For a ticket? And they gave me a ticket. So when I went to court, luckily for me, when I went to court, they they had all the cases that they had done things. They had the words and shit mixed up in their statement. Mm. So the so the judge threw it out, telling them y'all need to get y'all shit together because mm. this ain't even the person in the picture. And mm. da, 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 all the they just mixed up all of that stuff. So I they she threw the ticket out, and I didn't get any kind of charges, any kind of prostitution charges. Nothing ever happened like, after that. Nothing ever happened after that. But I also never broke my rules in regard to how not to get busted. Yeah. And so that's why I never got busted ever again. But yeah, I never. I never thought about. So that that's shit. what I wanted to think. Like, <laughs> did, did you think about it? I never did. I, I bet you wasn't. You was getting whatever you wanted. You had shoes, games, uh, whatever you wanted. You was getting. So <laughs> the whole money was wearing it out. So you know, I don't know. It just I just was always wondered. Like, did you? What did you think about it? So interesting. No. During that time where shit was, um, I believe that's when, that's when we started to have our rift, because mm-hmm. it was it was more so. Now this shit is fucking with me. Now I'm kind of upset with you because now you're being a parent, right? Doing what parents do. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking up in school, or I'm fucking up around the neighborhood or whatever, doing a little dumb shit, mm-hmm. and you issuing punishment on me, right? All those bubble gum drop video game dreams about living with your sibling 
the true tea, <laughs> the true reality of living with a sibling that is now your parent that can't just be your fun, loving sibling is coming to to is coming to be. Hey, wait, that's that that dream is a halt. Uh, she's being a real parent. <laughs> she's whooping and putting me on punishment and doing shit. So you gotta you gotta realize that it's not all gonna be good and dandy. And now I'm like, yo, no, fuck that. Like I got all this shit going on and you don't even fucking realize, right? I got all this pressure around me. You get what I'm saying? And some of it is coming from your ass. Like, hell no. So now I'm just like, I'm not rebellious, but it was a point where I always wanted to be gone. I always wanted to be out the house doing my own little thing. I would check in, but I just always wanted to fucking just be gone, be gone, be gone. But when I get, when I would get in trouble, like, you knew that was the only thing that would hurt me. Like, not going outside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I had every fucking game. <laughs> I could watch all the fucking TV that I wanted, right? Um, talk on the phone. But I couldn't go out. And it was just like, fuck, 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 fuck. Do not want to be here. Do not want to be here. Do not want to be here. And it just was a... When I did get, when I did get a chance to go out, it was like... It was like a live, like live, live like it's your last time ever fucking being out. So whatever trouble I got into, it was because I was just fucking wilding. I don't know when I'm gonna be free again. <laughs> type shit. Like I'm always on. They would be going to stores, stealing from Kmart, throwing rocks on cars, everything. off out of off from bridges, <laughs> like doing crazy shit. Like I had to spend five hundred dollars because this nigga was with these friends. <laughs> Throwing rocks at cars, then going to Kmart stealing razors. <laughs> this nigga ain't even shaving yet. And I'm like, child, I was over it. Right, right. So it was just like, I'm whatever, like, fucking do whatever, right? And then it wasn't necessarily because it was just, I don't know. It was a, It was just a point where I felt like. I was just just angry, just always fucking angry. And a lot of it was was just because of um just because of everything surrounding. Not not only because of you, because of like mom and and my dad and shit. So Me too. Just, Me too. Like you were always angry. <laughs> I was always angry, but I had a love life. I had Jonathan. I had a goal to focus on because at that time I was focused on getting money to get my body done. Yeah. And I was reaching those goals and um, I was making more money than I had ever made before. Um, but I also felt like I was in an unfair situation. Yeah, I felt like I can't be free like my other friends. Like my other friends didn't have to worry about having a roof over their head. They did, but they could all, they had their parents to go to. Mm-hmm. They had... They just had a different level of support than I did because I couldn't give. I could if I fucked up, where would I go? You see what I'm saying? There was no there was a different level of support. I didn't have I had the pressure of society um, fucking with my nigga, 
fucking with my job, fucking with when I did get a job. It just was a lot of, for me, I was angry at the world because I felt like I was just trying to be who I felt I was. I felt like this was not a choice for me. To me, my transition was a radical motherfucking act of self-love. I didn't transition because I hated myself. It was because I loved myself enough to believe that I deserved to be happy. Yeah. Regardless of what everybody told me was wrong, regardless of every, how everybody wanted me to live how I wanted to live, this was a radical act of love. And I was taking action in grabbing my happiness by the horns and doing what I had to do to, to, to make it work for me. The choice is I either live a miserable life as something that I'm not or live this life that's still going to be miserable because other people's going to try to make it miserable yeah. but at least there's some thread of hope of this is this is who I am I'm living who I am and I'm li- and it's not on anybody else's terms this is me this is who I'm loving this is my act of love towards myself and the consequences of this act of love is worth it Mm-hmm. As opposed to pretending to be something else and still being in miserable land, and so it just wasn't me. It wasn't me. So there was a, there was an anger there, and I wasn't emotionally mature to deal with it. And but I, but I really was like I had to grow up. But what is it like a? Um, why wasn't it easy to be like? All right, like even with all the fucking like trouble and shit I was getting into, like why wasn't it easy to be like, all right, man, fucking figure out something else to do? Like you can go back with grandma, you can go with Aunt Joe, you could fucking go here and go there. It was a pride thing. It was a it was a twofold thing. It was I literally love you. You are one of the the loves of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one, and a pride. It was a. I knew what everybody had said previously to this. Mm-hmm. And if I failed, it would have been, I, I told you so. Mm-hmm. So it was, I felt like we were the only people that we had and there was no, it just wasn't an option. Well, that. so when you're young like me, you don't think like that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think like that. You you know, when you're young, you always feel like, well, I can go here. And I can, my homeboy, mama, um, yeah, you think might go live with other people? Exactly. So it was just like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be like what? Right. <laughs> so it's not. So you know, it, for, for me at the time, I felt like man, I always man, fuck, I fuck her. I leave. Shit, let me mm-hmm. go in there. You know what I'm saying? But it was uh, it was never a, it was never a uh, a time where I can say that you was like, yo, all right, like fuck. <laughs> Go find something else to do. Um, so that's something like in retrospect that that I can say. I was like, damn, like it's bad as I, I now understand. I wasn't that just like? Yeah, I didn't think of it as being bad. I thought of in my mind, I thought of it just you being a teenager, right? Because I, I, I wouldn't. It wasn't like I was far removed from being a teenager. Right, so right. I knew. I knew my experience. Oh, you just do. I done did some shit like that too that mama had to deal with. So this, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was just thinking this is just you being a boy. Just you being a teenage boy just going out here and being free and doing things. This it, this comes with the territory of being parent. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it wasn't 
that stuff really it was annoying that i had to spend money and shit that was annoying but it wasn't until you started to get physically aggressive with me (laughs) what that it started to be like hold up (laughs) now this is taking physically aggressive yeah like i remember like when i had to choke you up downstairs in your bedroom that was just me like smelling your piss (laughs) and i was like That's when that was the first time where I was Hold like, on. yo. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Like, Hold up. Because you just, wait. <laughs> That's the truth. I was Physically like, aggressive, where though? You went to, you puffed up at me, and I was like, yo. Nigga. But I wasn't physically. <laughs> that was, oh, that's shit. physically aggressive to me. <laughs> and I hadn't experienced that with you, so I was like, well, first of all, we got to show you that this is not going to happen I had did about 10 push-ups that morning. <laughs> I felt... you was feeling strong. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, the myth is that when boys get to teenagers, they start smelling their piss. That's a fact. And you got to put them in their place. So I said, okay, well, <laughs> dominate the woman. <laughs> And so I had grabbed him around his neck and pushed him up against the wall. <laughs> like, nigga, not today. I was just telling my wife about that, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-mm. Like, I'm not going to choke me up for no reason. <laughs> it wasn't for no reason. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, nigga, uh-uh. I know you're going to be a man, but mm-mm, this is not me. <laughs> Try somebody else. That's Try so Jesus, not but me. Hey, but I'm 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 uh, um, I'm gonna switch it right quick, right? Okay. okay, so we are in year two together, living together, mm-hmm. and you have a boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. Comes to live with us. Mm-hmm. That was one of the. That was like a relief for me. Interesting. Jonathan Cummer. Like, you being happy was like, whoo, shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was sad. Were, well, it was like a, nah, it wasn't like a fucking, like a sad. It was yeah, just I like a, being sad. always, it was like this. It was like, you would work, come home, um, do whatever at home. But I felt like when it was just you and I there, I was the focal point. Mm. Like, what was going on with me uh, in out in, in the neighborhood? What was going on with me at school? What was go- just what was it was? I didn't all, have it was nothing. All, to, exactly. It, I didn't have anything distracting my mind. It was from always the shit that about doing, me that she was doing. Yeah, right. And then you got a boyfriend. You're in love, right? And. Y'all would fucking like go out on dates and shit. And I'm like, hell yes. These motherfuckers is gone. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm free. And it was, but it was, it was super. Uh, that's honestly uh, just because the way life has taken us. That's the first time that I've ever seen you in in that element, honestly, because in, a lo- in love, yeah, because mm-hmm. we just haven't been nine years apart. You know, <laughs> you coming? But that's I'm actually going... the first and only time. Oh, really? If I have to be honest, I've been in relationships since then, but that kind of mutual love. Yeah. So I've been with a download dude that I didn't know how to wife. Yeah, and he was with me for five years, but he married her year four. Mm-hmm. I've been in that. 
where he loved me and her. Do mm-hmm. I think he loved me? Absolutely. That was Keenan. Um, and to show you into and, and for people to to really understand how um, how you and I our relationship is right. How invested I am in this lifestyle or was in this lifestyle. I never look. <clears throat> I never looked at Jonathan anything as anything but a just. A regular real nigga, just like a regular <laughs> Because Jonathan A regular hard ass nigga. And he lent himself to that. Because people <clears throat> who because before you realize the type of people who love trans women, you ha- may have this idea of what they might like. But Jonathan was just a regular just Florida a super country regular ass nigga. Thug. Would throw the hands with you. <laughs> yeah. Just super regular nigga. He it was no Right, like you said, like yeah. you, you, like you had this idea that they might be kind of like kind of feminine in some mm-hmm. ways, and and he he never was. It was just, and I never. It was just so. I don't fucking know, man. It was just so regular. Like that's my sister, that's her boyfriend, and that's what cool. one of the questions <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Um, what is it? What what did that teach you about? love and trans folks and the people that might love us how did that color how did that that color your life when you're thinking about it not your life but your life how you think about my life um and how it affected you or or whatever so that was weird that became weird when I started learning the depths of that relationship, mm-hmm. right? So on the surface, it was just like my um, my sister has a boyfriend. They're in love. Cool, 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 cool. Did it lessen the clocky shit? Did you notice that? I can't. I can't even say that that I noticed it. Because they start when he, when people started realizing that that was my boyfriend at in the apartment, they uh-huh. started treating me differently. Did they? It started. I to, didn't. I I just thought it was because of time. Like, um, okay, this shit is worn out. We're in year two now. What, yeah. <laughs> you still looking? You still searching? You know. So, I didn't even. I've never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. But, um, how did the depths th- change when you so talk about? So I the started depths? learning. Like I started learning, like it was still a, it was still a like a lot of shit that his family, I guess, didn't know mm-hmm. about what was going on with your situation. So on the surface, it was like, okay, my sister has a boyfriend; they're in love. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I mean, it was just it was just regular, right? And then. When you hear little stuff like that. Now, I'm a kid still. I'm fucking 13, 14. I'm a kid still. But when you hear, like, um, sometimes, like, y'all would have talks or whatever, and I could hear some stuff. Like, when you hear stuff like that, that brings you, that brings everything back into perspective. That this is, this is not your traditional um, relationship. Because in my mind, a kid, this is my sister. This is her boyfriend. They're together. They upstairs living, doing their thing. I'm downstairs playing the game, going to school. 
Um, they uh, they take care of me because both of y'all was working. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was what it was. But when I hear shit like uh, his family didn't really know the situation, whatever, that brings it in perspective like, whoa, hold up. This shit is, is not, not traditional. Yeah, it's it not, not traditional. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it just those little reminders. It's like, oh, yes. oh damn. Okay. I didn't even think. It, it, and at that time... I could I could recognize when I was being naive to shit, right? Like just like simple shit like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damn, I forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot to have a trans sister, you know? So it's like right. shit like this happens. Cuz you started to fit, it, once once you get past the I call it the elephant in the room, the elephant of transness and get to the core person. Yeah. It's like kind of there's it starts to be normal. It starts to be, oh, you're just a regular person. Right. And so you exactly. start really thinking about it. Exactly. And then Jonathan being just a regular dude, I'm a regular person. Exactly. Chick, and we just doing it. And then when but then you start thinking about the the, the world doesn't the let different you forget dynamics. the dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <clears throat> so do you do the guys that say it, as now that you've gotten older, because for some reason when we got to Mississippi that that time off of Morehouse, it just was a different vibe in in Glen, in Glen Oaks, and these are apartments that we lived in. Um in Glen Oaks and um In me. In you. It was mm-hmm. a different vibe for you. I stopped giving a fuck. Mm, but you were a little older at this time. How yeah, I was older. Um sixteen is seventeen. Sixteen, seventeen. I I I stopped giving a fuck. Cause once I started learning <clears throat> And then we had moved. Everything was new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And it was time to really fucking work on me and what I had going on. So it was like, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. You never, and, and that's that's the thing, you never had a problem with, like, telling somebody what it was, right? So, <clears throat> me, I don't like when other people tell it. No, that's what I'm saying. You never had a problem, right? Right. So, (laughs) it was what it was. Mm -hmm. It was, this is my sister. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. All And all of my, everybody that say they fucked with me, that ran the streets with me, everybody, it was Diamond, your sister. It was never a line crossed. It was never miss pronounced fucking uh pronouns none of that shit Mm-mm. and so your friends actually call me their sister as well like when we were at the graduation and all that kind of stuff so i can't remember any time that i ever had any kind of yeah I've, i don't remember ever what am with I your wor- friends exactly now ever had experience exactly because i had but i had that tone set though i mean it just was what it was mm-hmm. it, it interesting right i mean I I didn't I didn't have any I was just I was just over I was just over that. Mm. I was so much over that because I felt like <clears throat> I felt like the situation that we had, I it was so concentrated, right? Because it was just you and I. Mm-hmm. You and I fucking, you're young still. I'm a kid. We're living together. 
and we didn't been through the fucking ringer mm-hmm. as far as just fucking trying to survive scratching for survival mm-hmm. you know making sure we had heat in the winter you know what I'm saying fucking air conditioner and and that shit that and that's not that that type of shit doesn't come easy mm-hmm. it sounds like it does but not when you fucking 22 years old with a fucking 14 year old that fucking can eat a house right so i felt like once we once i made it out of that situation and i'm still here as far as even with all the pressure I was dealing with, I didn't beat myself up to the point where I had given up on like myself or given up on the ones that I loved. Who the fuck cares by now? And at 10, at five years old, Mm -hmm. not five, at 10 years old when Mm -hmm. we was in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. I couldn't express to you that you're going to get to that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I was 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I said, eventually, if I stay on my course of being who I am, loving my brother unconditionally, being there for him, he is going to eventually realize that, nigga, yeah, she's trans. And there might be something that comes with it. But she's going to always have my back. I'm going to all she's going to be always somebody that I can count on. That is a consistent in my life. I'm never going to go to prison. I'm never going to have an addiction. I'm never going to be the instability that other people in your life were. Right. And so if you grow up how I think you're going to grow up, you're going to appreciate that. Number one, you're going to appreciate it and realize that these motherfuckers that are not your core don't really matter (laughs) don't really matter and sometimes they not gonna be as consistent as i am yeah and so and any motherfucker who really is in your corner is gonna get in line with me and by that time by that time you couldn't tell me nothing anyway because i knew what we had just came from right we done been through the ringer right and my ringer was a little bit longer than yours Mm -hmm. because you weren't old enough to know the times when her when Mama got in her first round of addiction. Yeah. You haven't seen that one. Right. That was the worst one. Right. I'm talking about her and Rob being gone for two weeks, and I have to get up and make bottles for not only you, but the baby downstairs. Yeah. And get Tony up and tell him to feed y'all at certain times when the certain clock get to a certain time while I go to school so the school wouldn't figure out that all the people in the fucking building parents are drugged out and gone. Right. And come take us. Mm-hmm. So it it just was, in Boston, it was really bad. And so for me, you, at the when you were 17 and I, and I came to Texas, that was the end of an era for me with you. Mm-hmm. Not of you, me not loving you. It was mm-hmm. the end of, I feel like he's old enough and mature enough to go out here and be free Oops, and take okay, and do what do. he got to do and take yeah. care of himself, just like I did at his age. And so that was that time. It was and like, okay. Yeah, and you did. And, and did. so we had went through that process and I was like, okay, this is where we at. I felt I've, Whatever stamp that I'm supposed to mark on him, that's what it was. And so, um, 
it was easy for it was hard for me to super do that because I was pivotal though in yes, retrospect. Super abso- super absolutely. pivotal. For me and, too. And my aunt but Aunt Georgia talks about it all the time when she was like, yo, that period right there in your life, um, when you were up under diamond and you don't really like you don't really think about this while you're in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have someone, even though you're young, I have someone at least showing me something more, more than what I would have been getting. Right. Absolutely. Um, now there is, there, there weren't a lot of your traditional father, son, mother, son talks between us, but it was kind of those things that were, I watched you enough to, to know some of the things uh, of what's going on. Like sex. I don't remember us ever talking about sex. Mm-hmm. at all but I just knew from your conversations to like make sure and I was active back then um, to be make sure I was <laughs> I was like protecting myself and just like wasn't out here wilding right mm-hmm. and you made it <clears throat> you made it you made it cool to have one partner mm-hmm. right and so to me it was like cool one partner and it was just subconscious it wasn't like oh this is the thing to do but like looking back it's a lot of shit that I never indulged in just because I was directly influenced by a 20 fucking two year old you at the time right mm-hmm. and Like, I don't really know where, and we've been through worse. I remember when we first moved to Mississippi and, well, um, me, grandmother, and mother, you hadn't came down yet. Mm -hmm. We were living in this fucking trailer with no lights, no running water. We were using lanterns um, to look around the house and shit at night and fucking bathing out of those, uh, those little foot tubs, right? <clears throat> but to me, that was not worse than those summers and those winters in Indianapolis. And I felt like because we did it together, I felt like I could fucking do anything. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it was a point in my life where when I got ready to go to college, right? And I was just thinking about. what I wanted to do and what I and where I wanted to go. And I would tell myself, all I know is I'm not going back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know how to fucking do it. Not do it. Yeah. I, you get what I mean? Right. I know how to fucking do it. And I know how to like it it, it developed something in me where I knew that it was never the end for me. A lot of people get in situations and they're like, what the fuck am I going to do now? What am I? And I, I've never been at, 
I've never been the type of person where I just felt like life is just over. Fuck, what am I going to do now? I could lose my job tomorrow. I can lose my wife tomorrow. Um, so, and, I, and I just know how to figure it out. I just know what to do. And I just felt like that moment just learning just learning fucking everything and just watching it just watching the hustle and just watching um still doing what you have to do as far as uh having your goals right you know how when you were just you were just talking about how you had certain uh shit that you wanted to fix yourself up and shit but mm-hmm. you still had this going on well right. <clears throat> like i can have shit like that too and I can still hustle at the same time. I can right. still provide for my family. I can still do exactly. all of this. And it was just just learning, just just that moment right there. I just always go back to. And um, I can honestly say it it played a major part. Now I'm a 100% honest. It didn't teach me how 100% how to be a man, mm-hmm. but it gave me tools and fundamentals where I could. I feel like I could kind of figure this shit out. It's not too hard. Right. Right? And so, uh, yeah. I know I, I hear, like, when somebody says something, like, say a white person, they say something racist, and somebody, was, and somebody, and they usually say, and somebody, and somebody kind of calls them and holds them accountable and calls them racist, and then they use they say well i have a black friend and it's usually you know it's usually that person that friend is their point of evidence that they are open-minded and not racist um and it's usually they bring that one friend up one black friend up as evidence of that are you ever in a situation but it happens with trans folks it happens with um humble gay folks are you ever in a situation where you have to bring me up to defend some transphobic shit that you've done or homophobic shit that you've done or are you ever in a situation where you feel like you have the responsibility to educate someone about trans people because you have a certain level of background well so (laughs) I'm gonna give you two answers to this so I'm always the person who is very very reserved when it comes to politics what transgender has has kind of become politics now if you really think about it absolutely um <clears throat> so when it comes to that I'm very reserved and I don't Say shit until it's it's my time to have the floor. If you ask me something, I'm going to give it to you. Now, if you're if you say something and I feel it's dumb or if it, I feel like you don't have any facts behind it or you just are misinformed or you may be closed minded about something or biased about something. I may ask you. I mean, <laughs> I need to stop this shit too. I might ask you some stuff, right? So say say you said um well black people are um uh, 
the reason why black people are getting killed in the, in these uh, most of these pullovers is because they don't know how to behave when the cops are around. And I'll say some shit like, oh, for real? You don't think they know how to conduct themselves when they're pulled over by the cops? And you'll give me your answer? And then I know if you just was talking shit or were you really serious when you asked that or when you made that statement. Mm-hmm. And then I make my determination of you and I won't say shit else. I won't even go down that road with you, right? But if I feel like you are absolutely lost about something, then I will, you know, give my two cents or like I'll inform you. So on that subject, I've never been in a situation where I've had to justify or whatever. But what I will say, I will I will say I have a trans sister if I am as my as like my fact checker, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm saying like <clears throat> cuz a lot of people say a lot of people will say it, it will tell you something but they don't have any weight behind it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I told you some shit about some type of medical shit, right? But I don't tell you any of my credentials. You're just going to be like, I'll, I'll still look on Google. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker probably don't. But what if I say, blah, 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 MD, you're like, oh, this motherfucker might know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's why when, when it comes to that subject, I'll give my two cents and I'll be like, I've lived this life before. I have a trans sister. So I know what it's like. I know what these people are going through. I can um, sympathize with this, with this person on this certain subject or whatever. Right. But also my second, my second thing I wanted to say, when it comes to being open-minded, especially about um, transgender or being black or, um, anything like that. I always ask myself this question. Would I be with, with society the way that it's fixed today? Right. And the reason why I ask this, the reason why I ask myself, this is because I have a son now Mm -hmm. and I have to learn how to parent in a way that keeps him informed and keeps him unrestricted mm-hmm. when it comes to what his heart desires in life. But with that being said, I cannot say that I would be this open-minded if I didn't have you in my life, if I never went through the shit that we went through. Think about it. When... When we're kids, most of us, right? You're gonna get it. You're gonna get you a girlfriend. Um, you're gonna propose to her. Y'all gonna get married. You're gonna have babies, and then nah, 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 you're gonna marry you a blah blah blah. But they don't. T- they don't throw in. Society doesn't throw in the different factors in life, right? Right. You know, um, 
a white couple is not telling his son or his daughter that, hey, one day you might fall in love with a black boy or a black girl and have a mixed baby. Mm-hmm. You might end up liking another boy. You might end up liking another girl. We don't. It's just the way that society is structured. We don't. We don't prepare our kids for that, and we don't. We, for the differences. That for the out. differences, we t- we try to teach them one lineal way: boy, girl, marriage, kids, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can't say. I cannot honestly. I would be lying on this microphone right now if I if I said that. Oh, even if you weren't trans, I'd still be open-minded. Yeah. You get what I mean? And so... Not growing up in our family. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you pluck me out of the situation, no. Right. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so when people say things where they are closed-minded, I don't jump on their head. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. I need to figure out why you're like this. Maybe you haven't had a situation like like I've had where I've had to deal with it firsthand. Right? Or I've had to see a sibling be ridiculed by other family or whatever. I don't know what you've been through. Right? I've... I met this guy in uh, in boot camp. He had never been around a black person until boot camp. Mm. Now, he never said anything out of the way or crazy. But what he was saying was that. I don't know anything like you are an Amazon to me. <laughs> so how could I how could I really like. How old was he? He was 18. <laughs> Interesting. And you know, so he had a whole black president and didn't. And I, was from Ohio. Um, one black person lived in his town. Mm. Um, they had. And. Apparently there was like a black school nearby or whatever, but it was like. The white people had their prom and the black people had their prom. Oh, just real sick. Okay. Like right. it was for real, real deal. And he never said anything to me out of the way or that I thought was like, yo, you wildin'. Mm. Fuck is you talking about? But if he did, it was like it would if he said something, it was out of really it was out of curiosity. Like he was mm-hmm. like, um, what are those things on your on your head when y'all brush it down? Oh, you mean like the waves? Yeah, that's what y'all call them. Wa- like shit like that. He wasn't trying to be funny. He really did not know. And you believed it. <laughs> I believed that shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> I did. So um, <clears throat> there's just a, certain things I take into consideration. And, Before like, educating. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I can feel that. Um, so let's talk about terminology because we get long-winded. Um, is there something right now when it comes to the trans perspective that you feel like you can still do some growing on? 
Honestly, since we have, since we are adults, mm-hmm. um, and I'm grown as fuck now. Yeah, you're almost 30, nigga. You're about to be 30 in two years. <laughs> I'm grown as fuck, married with a child. I don't, I don't know anything of what. I was worried about that. I'm like I'm lost in the sauce. I don't know. I don't know anything of what's what's going on now. Um, I was worried about you were saying shit the other year. I met you in Atlanta. I think it was like two years ago. Uh And you were saying shit like M to F and F to M. I'm like, what the fuck is gender? (laughs) Yeah, like what the fuck is? I don't know. I didn't know. (laughs) I don't know. But then I started. like I'm picking it up. Okay. Oh, duh. That's easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I was using that. I was having a conversation with I forgot what what fuck we were talking about. We were talking about oh because they're having uh for for a period of time they were doing it's still going on. We have uh, transgendered uh people in the military now. Mhm. So like trying not to do he trying to pass laws to make them not be there. Right. Yeah. And so um we were talking about a certain person. And I was like, "Oh, so is it F to M or uh, M to F?" And they were like, "What? Like, what are they? What are they going to?" <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And so people, like people, don't know that type of language. That okay. type of language. Yeah. And like when I was the first, and like growing up, I would always know the fucking terminology, like. Mm-hmm. Fucking You're not as immersed now. As what's you were. the T and all that shit? No, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Y'all been using that shit for years, yeah. and now I hear like people talking or whatever, and they will say shit like that. And I was like, like, damn, what? Diamond was using that shit like back in the nineties, <laughs> twenty it was, years ago, because it was LGBT culture, <laughs> and now it's become pop culture, and they think people like Tamar and Nene Leaks and uh-huh. all them made it. I'm like, no, they just got it from their queen friends, <laughs> but. Okay, so what? So now you hear cisgender. So cisgendered. Yeah, what? I don't. I still don't know what that I is. I could have swore you said cisgender while we were eating with your wife the other day. Cisgender. Yes. So cisgendered is the opposite. To make it easy, the opposite of transgender. So you are cisgendered. You are a person who was assigned a gender at birth, and your identity aligned with that gender. Your identity is. Cis means is the S the C I S mm-hmm. that prefix means on the side of. So on on the side of gender, on the side of gender, um, and gender is like birth. Okay. Genus yeah, is yeah, it come yeah. from the Latin word genus. So on the side of birth. So you how oh, you were born tra- opposite side trans. on the side. Okay, right, exactly. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> trans. We're transitioning to gender. Um, so, so that's what that means. There's nothing to be scared of. And the reason why we needed to have that kind of language distinction is because, say that we were talking about to a trans man and a man. I was like, well, um, he's a trans man and he's a normal man. That kind of others the trans man. You feel what I'm saying? Saying somebody is normal, it makes cisgender the standard instead of putting us on equal footing. And so, um, if I would say... If you you would ask me, you would show show me this girl, and I would show you this girl, and you would be like, "Is she a real girl? She fine. Is she a real girl?" And so what you're saying is, 
I'm not a real girl. You said I I said that? No, no, no. I'm just using it hypothetically. Um, (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure y'all. I know Tony has. (laughs) My other little brother. Um, You see what I'm saying? Like, so what you're saying is I'm not the real girl. You feel what I'm saying? So we needed a language that was not invalidating us. And so... If now when we talk we say well she's a transgender woman and this is a tr- this is a cisgender man okay or a cisgender woman so your wife would be a cisgender woman my mother would be a cisgender woman um, um, Deja would be a transgender woman you see right what I'm but saying? honestly if you said that mm-hmm. if you said that to me for the first time like sister and bubble I'm like. Fuck. Not now though, but we, I'm we heterosexual. Learn. Fuck you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. I think that, but you understand that language evolves. Think about yeah. black folks. We used to be called Negroes, then coloreds, and then black, and then African American. It's like because as we as our status changed in the culture, yeah, we got to decide what was appropriate. What for was us. appropriate? What yeah. was appropriate? Not them. They used to say. And what so, in saying that, I thought. I, for the longest, I thought fag was appropriate. Because you, the reason, but I knew when I would explain to people why you said fag, excuse me, why you thought fag was appropriate is because you were immersed in our culture by between, from me and my friends, mm-hmm. and we would use that language in the same way black people use nigga. Nigga. Mm-hmm. We would use fag like, oh, he was a fag. Yeah, da 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 da. All the fags is kicking in tonight. Da 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 da. We're we would use it um, like a term of endearment. It yeah. wasn't a negative thing. Kind of like females do, bitch. Oh, that's my bitch. Da 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 da. And so, not understanding that <laughs> if a nigga called, I did not. Know. <laughs> I did not. I did not know fag was like a derogatory. I was mm-hmm. like. That's just a normal no, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you would think that that was the normal. <laughs> so oh, if man. let's wrap this up because I think this is a beautiful conversation. <laughs> if somebody was listening to this, and um, what would be your main takeaway from your experiences for a person that another cisgender person who is having a trans who have who's Dealing with having a trans So let me what put this out here And this fucking I might get long winded on this so I apologize <laughs> This shit pisses me off so much man One thing we have to Understand is that um, Family is like the most Important thing in the world And I see so many Instances where we have fathers or mothers, sisters and brothers, and they they disown people. And that is so fucking mind-boggling to me. I can't wrap my head around that. At the end of the day, it's at the end of the day, we're still family, right? Mm-hmm. By actions. Um, the loyalty that we have to each other, that should never change. There are plenty of people who, and this is what makes me angry, there are plenty of people who fucking kill people and you know about it. They deal drugs and you know about it. They molest people. They They just do all type of fucking heinous, crazy criminal ass shit or they do like, fucking crazy drugs right 
and the loyalty to the, to, the, to these people will always be there. Sometimes. Free Most my nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Or he done robbed and raped and you talk about free money. Exactly. Tyrone. And it and they will never disown these people. Their mom their moms and dads will go to court and fall out and boo hoo. And this man and killed twenty seven people in this nightclub. <laughs> but you because you have a transgender son or a gay son or a bisexual daughter or whatever. And people will just fucking disown you. And that, my heart breaks for people like that to have to go through that. And it just makes me, it just, it just, it disgusts me when people do that. I can't, I just can't wrap my mind around it. And when we, when we look at, when we look at that, right, we can always compare it to other shit that we're fighting for. Being black. Mm-hmm. Right? How can somebody hate me just because I color my skin? But you don't mind hating the, some. The bottom line feeling is literally the same. There's different dynamics. Of course, we know there's different dynamics, different history, blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line feeling of you are treating me a negative way for something that I feel I can't control. And you are dismissing my humanity and not caring about me and how I live um, and how I survive because of this situation. Because think about how beautifully I could have flourished if I didn't have all those pressures that I had. And that goes for even I know I talked about the open minded shit while ago, but that even goes for. Say, (laughs) say I never did like my it just. My loyalty has always been when it comes to people the people I love, it's all no matter what's going on. And you you fucking name it, we got it. We got the crackheads, we got meth heads, we got drug dealers, we got gangsters, killers, molesters, molesters, we got everything, right? Mm-hmm. And you know. We love, we love who we, you know, we love our, our mm-hmm. people. And so if I could say anything to anybody out here who have loved ones who are transgendered, gay, um, whatever um, terms you want to use, love your people, man. Love your people while they're still here. Let them live their lives happily. Because at the end of the day, it does not affect a dime that you make. It does not affect your family. It does not affect your health. So, you know, be happy for people and, you know, appreciate your family while they're here. Mm-hmm. Brother, I really appreciate you spending some time with me and talking to my people. Um, I love you to death. And, I'm famished. Um, Let's get some of this yeah, Houston cuisine. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah. All right, y'all. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Oh, and that's a bar, too, because like, this is Marsh's plate. 
Mm-hmm. Fucking food. Bars. <laughs> Whatever, nigga. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.